Then Pilate took Jesus and had him flogged. The soldiers twisted together a crown of thorns and put it on his head. They clothed him in a purple robe and went up to him again and again, saying, Hail, King of the Jews! And they slapped him in the face. Once more, Pilate came out and said to the Jews gathered there, Look, I am bringing him out to you to let you know that I find no basis for a charge against him. When Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe, Pilate said to them, Here is the man. As soon as the chief priests and their officials saw him, they shouted, Crucify! Crucify! But Pilate answered, You take him and crucify him. As for me, I find no basis for a charge against him. But the Jewish leaders insisted, We have a law, and according to that law he must die, because he claimed to be the Son of God. When Pilate heard this, he was even more afraid, and he went back inside the palace. Where do you come from? he asked Jesus. But Jesus gave him no answer. Do you refuse to speak to me? Pilate said. Don't you realize I have power either to free you or to crucify you? But Jesus answered him, You would have no power over me if it were not given to you from above. Therefore, the one who handed me over to you is guilty of a greater sin. From then on, Pilate tried to set Jesus free, but the Jewish leaders kept shouting, If you let this man go, you are no friend of Caesar. Anyone who claims to be a king opposes Caesar. When Pilate heard this, he brought Jesus out and sat down on the judge's seat at a place known as the Stone Pavement, which in Aramaic is Gabbatha. It was the day of preparation of the Passover. It was about noon. Here is your king, Pilate said to the Jews. But they shouted, take him away, take him away, crucify him. Shall I crucify your king? Pilate asked. We have no king but Caesar, the chief priests answered. And finally, Pilate handed him over to them to be crucified. Tonight I'm going to give uh, three short reflections on words that were uttered on that first Good Friday. The first one are those words, take him away and crucify him. They would have been shouted, take him away, crucify him. There was a a story of a a woman who went into a jeweler's shop in London. She said, I want to buy a cross. She said, I don't want a plain one. I want the one with a little man on it. And that shows the ignorance of our world today, isn't it? Because that little man has a name. That little man is called Jesus. That little man was the son of God. That little man did go to an old wooden cross. That little man was mocked and flogged and spat on. That little man did have a crown of thorns thrust onto his head. That little man had a purple robe thrown on his shoulders. That little man was slapped and mocked hell king of the Jews. That little man was called Jesus. And he was taken away. And he was crucified. You ever thought about the agony of the cross? I'm not just talking about the, the physical pain. You know how barbaric it was. You know that the nails were thrust through the wrists. You know that the, the knees were twisted to the left and the nails were driven through the ankles. You, you know that when they are crucified, uh, the weight of their body presses down and they can't breathe and so they asphyxiate. The, the physical agony was horrific. 
But it was worse than that. What about the spiritual agony of the crucifixion? You see, anybody who is hung up on a a tree is said to be cursed. Deuteronomy 21, cursed is the one who is hung up on a tree. And so Jesus, as Jesus hung there on that first Good Friday, everybody who walked past would have, would have said, he's cursed by God. He is cursed by God. And yet, Pilate said, I find no charge against this man. Now, how can that be? How can an innocent man be crucified? Uh, he was innocent. Do you see that in the passage? Even though he was abused, he did not abuse back. Even though he was slandered, he didn't slander back. He's, he's fulfilling the prophecy of Isaiah 53 that though he was oppressed and afflicted, uh, no word was uttered from his mouth. He was innocent. But we're the ones who are not. You ever played the, the sin challenge game? It goes like this. I challenge you to spend 24 hours without doing, saying, or thinking anything wrong. No, no gossip, no slander, no selfishness, no pride, no lying, no self-centeredness, no greed. Anyone up for that challenge? How about if I make it 10 hours? How about if I make it one hour? You, you know that you are guilty and so am I. And you know that we deserve to be on that cross instead of the Lord Jesus. Have you understood the achievements of the cross? The guilty one walks free and the innocent one dies. The story of a husband and wife who are going through a bit of conflict in their marriage. And they seem to be arguing all the time and... Uh, they come up with, it, with this, uh, this ingenious solution. They say, rather than bickering every single night, how about we have a fault box? Uh, and at the end of each day, we're going to put one fault into the box. And on Saturday morning, over a cup of coffee, we pull out all the faults and we just bicker for, for an hour rather than every single night. And so there they are in the cafe on that Saturday morning and the husband goes first and he pulls out Monday nights and she's written... I found a toenail on the kitchen table. Uh, Tuesday, you left the bath mat on the floor. Wednesday, you left left your smelly socks uh, in my wardrobe. Uh, On Thursday, you forgot my birthday. Uh, On Friday, you shouted at the kids and you forgot to put out the garbage. Uh, And they talk about that for a while and he said, I'm sorry. And then it comes for the turn for him to put it at once. What's he written on his wife's fault box? Monday, pulls out a piece of paper. It says, I love you and I forgive you. Tuesday, piece of paper, I love you, I forgive you. Wednesday, I love you, I forgive you. Thursday, I love you, I forgive you. Friday, I love you, I forgive you. There's lots of stuff I've done wrong but there's forgiveness and there's love. And that's the cross, isn't it? That's why he was crucified, because there's lots of things that we do wrong every single day, but God is shouting, I love you, I forgive you, I love you, I forgive you. And it wasn't just that he loved you and forgave you 2,000 years ago. He loves you and he forgives you today, doesn't he? 
He understood the achievements of the cross. God's shouting, I love you, and I forgive you. 